Good morning, York Alliance. It is Thursday, September 7th, and this will be the last of the three details from Acts chapter 8 from Pastor Asa. Uh, the, the last detail that I wanted to touch on was found in verse uh, 35 of Acts chapter 8. And it uh, says, Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, the one that we talked about in yesterday's podcast, he told him the good news about Jesus. And I want to focus on that, that phrase, uh, beginning with this scripture, that uh, demonstrative verb, this. Uh, so it's, it, Philip could have felt an impulse to start with some other portion of the Bible or use some kind of a... Um, a picture or diagram or whatever, you know, something to explain the gospel. But he chose to start with exactly where the eunuch was. Uh, the eunuch was at point A, and Philip decided to... Well, first he asked a question. He said, do you understand what you're reading? And, and uh, of course, the eunuch didn't. And so uh, Philip went to where he was. He's like, all right, well, let's, let's see if we can get you to point B. Uh, and as I'm saying that, I'm, <laughs> B for baptism, I don't know, just me being corny. Um, but he didn't expect the eunuch to be somewhere that he wasn't. It was like, well, because you don't meet this criteria or you don't know this or know that, then I can't really help you which in and of itself, that defies the very nature of the gospel, that God comes to us exactly where we are and meets us there and gives us good news that is relevant to where we are. It's not something that wouldn't make any sense. It is something that it, it can make sense to, to us if, you know, in respects to where we've been. Uh, and by way of illustration... I, I uh, sometimes Rachel or I will have our kids go down and do the laundry, especially in our house that we moved from in New Jersey, in the basement. It was not a finished basement, and that's where our uh, washer and dryer were. And, and the kids, you know, they, they would rotate through on their chore chart. You know, would be doing laundry, and part of the basement. It wasn't really a scary basement. It was, you know, mostly well lit, but of course in the in the in the dark or in the nighttime it wasn't lit you had to go and turn on the light and there was also this corner of the basement that we called the dungeon i don't know why <laughs> probably not a good idea to call that uh call any part of your house the dungeon uh, but in any case all of our kids when they were younger they would not want to go downstairs by themselves and i could have two choices and i've done both things much to my own regret but uh, if I was busy, I'd say, look, guys, I am sorry. Just go downstairs. Turn, I'll turn the light on for you. Please just go do it. And oftentimes they would not because they were just too afraid. That's where they were at, just developmentally and et cetera, et cetera. However, what they, what they wanted me to do, and, and often, oftentimes I would do it, I would walk down the stairs with them and I would maybe I would sit on the, on the stairs and watch them or maybe I would go over and help them with the laundry or whatever. And I think that that was a much better way of, of engaging them or discipling them in doing the laundry 
so to speak, is that I went to them. The, the times that I went to them, I met them in their fear or in their hesitation. I didn't condemn them for it or make them feel less than. In those moments, those were the ones where they learned to trust dad. Dad's with them. They can do the laundry in freedom. And it was generally a positive situation. Uh, and, and the times when I, you know, felt busy or, or was impatient or was, you know, I'm trying to give directions to three other children <laughs> trying to do their chore chart and, uh, you know, fighting off the urge to just do it all myself. Uh, no, we need to raise responsible kids and it's for their sake that I'm going to slow the process down and I'm going to go to where they are. And I think that's exactly what Philip is doing and demonstrating to us a model of, not a model, but an element of discipleship that I think we would all do well to consider. When we're discipling someone, they could be in any number of places. They, who knows what their day was like, let alone their life, and the different fears that have come up over the years, or family of origin issues, or uh, traumatic events in the past or even in the in the present uh, or, or in the more recent past that could all be affecting them they could have different uh, tradition and, and backgrounds depending on what denomination they were part of and they may not know all the verbiage of uh, whatever uh, ministry you're part of or engaged in and so if we're going to engage people we need to understand just like philip did we need to ask the questions like you know where are you at what what's your life Let, tell me a bit about yourself and then when we do that we can trust that the holy spirit will bring to remembrance the things that we have learned and that's the scary part because you actually have to put yourself out there on a limb and say okay well you know lord what what is going to be helpful for this person and you're going to proverbially go down in the basement with them in all of their stuff, all of their baggage, and just ask, what's the next step? You know, we're not calling them to preach a sermon if they're just learning how to open up their Bible and use it. You know, the next step might be whatever. You know, let's, let's walk through a book of the Bible together. I'll do it with you because you might not be able to chew that food yet uh, and it could be any it could be prayer it could be any uh, it could be fasting it could be just being with god it could be uh, just meditating on the gospel itself and how it has present uh, implications for life fill in the blank of whatever you're going to disciple people in uh, community groups another one because community groups at least at york alliance as I'm getting to know them and the different forms they take, uh, there are similarities. And one of those uh, common elements is that you could have a new person enter at any given time. And yes, that has uh, that, that can um, require its own set of uh, next steps. Uh, but one of them is, is for uh, to the group leader, at least, to get to know where people are and disciple them. And, and, or you as a group member can notice where someone is and help disciple them or if you're if you have a discipleship partner some of that is understanding where the other person is 
and uh, starting there start there with the good news now, always show how the good news is relevant to the person exactly where they are because that's where God is meeting them exactly right where they are uh, so why would we want to meet them anywhere else other than where God is uh, that's part of what it means to be uh, sensitive or aware of what God is already doing and then you get behind that and you uh, uh, you, you put your efforts to be in that same direction because it very well could be that God is, is uh, using you as his mouthpiece uh, to build into the life of this uh, precious person who has a story that is meaningful uh, and and is full of detail um, that led them to where they are today, crossing your path. So keep that in mind, uh, and really as motivation to bring it uh, kind of around to how the gospel is a motivation for you in that. Just always remember that Jesus meets you exactly where you are. He doesn't meet you in the in the, some future version of you. He doesn't meet you in some past version of you. He is with you and he is having grace for you in the present moment, in your greatest day and in your worst day. He meets you where you're at. Even if it's the hundredth time he had to teach you a lesson, he does it because he knows that's what's best for you. So let's take a cue from our great rescuer to meet people where they're at because that's just the loving thing to do. God did that first for us in his son Jesus and continues to do so through his spirit. So praise God for that. Um, my prayer is for you and I to both be in line and, and keeping our eyes open and our ears open to what God's already doing in the lives of the people around us and that we can jump on board right there.